The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated with host Kristen Harper. She's here to give you those extra tips that you don't always get from other health and wellness programs. Kristen has all the bases covered and just a bit more. Now, here is your host, Kristen Harper. Happy uh, New Year to everyone. This is uh, Kristen Harper, radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated on voiceamerica.com. On the Health and Wellness Channel and Voice America is the largest live internet radio network in the world. And my show is also on KFNX, which is one of the largest terrestrial radio networks in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm wishing all of my listeners a happy new year full of um, many blessings, uh, perfect health, inner peace, And I'm looking forward to this episode. So the first 30 minutes, I will be interviewing Dr. Alan Palmer about vaccines and infant mortality. He has been on my show before. I loved his uh, previous episode. He's very professional, just a nice person and very intelligent. He's a wealth of knowledge. And then for the next 30 minutes after Dr. Palmer... I will be interviewing Miguel Dean about a twin flame love story. Welcome to my show, Dr. Alan Palmer. Thank you so much, Kristen. I appreciate you having me on. And how are you? Happy New Year. Same to you. Thank you. 2020 already. Where did the time go? (laughs) <laughs> I agree. Time goes by so fast, but I, I feel like this year is going to be a really good year. I do, too. I do, too. Although, you know, there, there is some cause for pessimism when it comes to what's happening with our medical freedoms and rights with the imposition of, of mandates and potential, you know, jail time and penalties for parents who choose not to vaccinate their children, even with um, you know, realistic and, and valid religious uh, feelings based on some of the things in the vaccines and, and religious beliefs uh, are under attack uh, with this. So that's, I guess, if there's one area for pessimism and where, where a lot of work needs to be done, it's, it's um, pushing back against that. I am on the same page as you 100%. I just feel it's uh, really out of control and uh, all we can do is just you know, continue to get this information out to people, such as my radio show and other shows, as well as what you're doing as far as informing people. Uh, just to let my listeners know, Dr. Alan Palmer has an ebook, which is uh, 1,200 studies uh, to vaccinate or not to vaccinate. And I highly encourage everyone, or at least let people know about this ebook, to download it. And uh, Dr. Palmer, if you could let my listeners know more about your background and how people can download this ebook. Well, certainly. So I'm I'm a chiropractor by trade. I've been uh, in practice 34 years, and um, throughout my practice career, practiced 
a functional medicine approach as well, very, very strong in nutrition and alternative methods uh, from medication and things like that, different types of natural healing modalities and therapies and so forth. Um, I've always been sort of a nerd, very much a, a research geek, if you will, um, have extensive uh, knowledge just in the time I spent on PubMed uh, researching different types of health conditions for patients and finding alternative options for them. But also uh, went on this quest um, about three years ago to really create some kind of pushback um, using science to the, the pressures that we were seeing on parents who chose not to vaccinate or wanted to take an alternative vaccination schedule or who had children who had certain types of autoimmune conditions or were immunocompromised or other kinds of things that they felt uh, required a reduction from the vaccine schedule. And, and with all of the, I'll just call it, um, I'll just call it PR, a PR spin, um, fear mongering and misinformation through the media, which is you know, it's, it's spoon-fed this information, let's face it, from the pharmaceutical industry, who is one of their largest advertisers. So the things you see in the media are basically, they're the mouthpiece for whatever the pharma, uh, whatever pharma wants to have them say. So you can't consider that information uh, unbiased. It is certainly very biased. So as I started this project, um, I just, it was my goal to create an article, and then it became a, an ebook, and eventually grew to 550 pages long. And as you mentioned, it does contain, at that time, over 1,200 studies when I first released it uh, two years ago um, that contradict what we're being told by the CDC in many cases and by, by pharma through the media. Uh, and so then I spent six months updating it and adding another 170 or so studies. Um, it grew to about 718 pages, and I released that in August. And, and just want your listeners to understand this is a, a free ebook. There are no strings attached. Um, I've done this because I feel it's that important for people to get the information out. Um, spending over 2,500 hours uh, working on this and researching it and building this is, is been a, become a labor of love for me. <laughs> and. Uh, I designed it in a way so that all the table of contents are active links to the pages in the book. So there's no flipping through pages or scrolling through pages on your computer. You literally click and you're there. And every topic, every subject, every line you click on when you get to that page also has a hyperlink to the original resource, the, the journal study, the article, the abstract, um, so that you can read if what I've quoted from that article and the summary that I've I've uh, communicated is accurate and true. When you have thousands of researchers, literally thousands of independent researchers, not tied to pharma, uh, working and publishing work in, in scientific and medical journals representing 45 different disciplines in science and medicine that contradict what we're being told. And, and in just in my piece, over 1,400 studies, and believe me when I say this is the tip of the iceberg, Kristen, um, I could, I have, now I have another folder since uh, uh, August. It's about an inch and a half thick, but I'm working on some other things right now. I just don't have the time to continue to add these studies right now. But I really created it to be a reference tool and a resource for people to be able to easily find uh, accurate information, scientific, scientific information 
through uh, a resource that is keyword and key phrase searchable and, and so forth uh, to, to make it easier for them because it's certainly very hard if you're not, you know, like I said, a research geek like me to get on Pub, PubMed and really be able to find uh, the plethora of information that is certainly out there that refutes the vaccine mantra. Yes, it's uh, definitely an excellent uh, resource. And where's the best place that people can go to uh, download this ebook? Yeah, so if they go to www.1200studies.com, 1200studies.com, they can get it right there. At the top, there's also a, an article that I wrote fairly recently regarding the measles, which pushes back or uh, contradicts, I would consider, the five top, the five top talking points. Uh, that we hear about the the measles that's uh, designed to create fear in people and and uh, creating my my article basically kind of demolishes those articles so to speak in my opinion anyway I'll let your your listeners be the judge for themselves but uh, so they can download that free and then just scrolling down the page uh, where I explain more about the reasons that I created this because of the health crisis we have with our children um, the United States has one of the poorest. Uh, childhood health uh, records, if you will, in, in the whole world. Certainly the poorest of any industrialized nation in the world with regard to, which we'll talk about today, I understand, infant mortality, under five mortality, chronic illness and disease, neurodevelopmental problems and autism, um, and uh, just Im immunological problems. Um, and even our young people are facing different types of reproductive problems. Um, that many studies now are tying back to certain vaccines, including the HPV vaccine, et cetera. So um, this is, like I said, it's, been, it's a passion of mine, and I would love for your listeners to download it and share it as widely as they possibly can so that more people can become informed and resist the attempts that are being made to take away our, our personal freedoms and our rights. Absolutely. And uh, Dr. Palmer, would you be able, because I would like to talk about infant mortality, and um, you have so much amazing information in your ebook. I have actually spent some time uh, reading it, and I have actually uh, passed it out to individuals as well so that they could uh, read it. And uh, so uh, would you be able to uh, talk about what is infant mortality uh, as far as the rate, and then also in your ebook, uh, you have some information in regards to the infant mortality rates of the industrialized countries and their rates of vaccine doses. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, thank you. One of the things that has become very apparent over the last several years is that the United States is, is ranks very poorly compared to uh, much of the rest of the world, certainly the, the Western societies in the world. Um, in 2009, there was a great article that came out uh, in 2011, and it was called Infant Mortality Rates Regressed Against Number of Vaccine Doses Routinely Given in different countries, and they basically looked at the different numbers of vaccine doses given to children under the age of one and the country's infant mortality rate. And they, they graphed that out and they published it, and you can see the linear correlation between the number of vaccines that are given and the infant mortality rates. Uh, for instance, the 
Sweden had the lowest infant mortality rate, and they also had the lowest number of doses of vaccines at uh, 12 vaccines given before age one. And the United States was ranked 34th in infant mortality rate in 2009, and we had 23 doses of vaccines by age one. And so there was a, there's a distinct correlation there, and, and you look at the different countries that are much better than us in infant mortality. And what's actually happened since 2009, as of 2018, we have slipped to 57th in the world in infant mortality. We've, we've dropped considerably more. Um, one of the things that is needed to be taken into consideration, which this, this study did not, but more recent studies have, is looking at maternal vaccines, looking at the vaccines uh, that women are given during pregnancy. And with the, the, the Tdap vaccine and the flu vaccine being the two most common, many women are given a flu vaccine that has mercury in it. And there are other chemicals, which are all, all outlined in my ebook, that are in these vaccines that can cross the placenta and influence the fetus. So when we're looking at infant mortality rates, we're not only having to consider the number of vaccine doses that are given to infants after they're born, but the exposure in utero. And so, um, in fact, infants are subjected to a huge amount of aluminum within the first year of life and even more within the first 18 months. Within the first 18 months, infants are subjected to over 5,000 micrograms of aluminum. That may, you know, that number may be somewhat ambiguous to your listeners, but it is far and above uh, what the FDA regulations are. Uh, in fact, uh, I don't have the number right in my head, but it's, it's somewhere like 30-some times what the FDA allows in infant nutrition, like uh, IVs, infant IVs. There's regulations that limit the amount of aluminum. And when our children are given 250 micrograms in the hepatitis B vaccine at birth of aluminum, um, and then that's followed shortly thereafter by many other vaccines that contain aluminum. It's just overloads the system uh, that it's it's just too much too early. These these young infants do not have the protection from what's called the blood brain barrier, which is designed as it matures to keep things out at least to a certain degree from the brain. But that immature blood brain barrier in infants. Uh, doesn't allow for that. So things will, will be able to shoot right through that circulatory system into the brain. And I believe that's one of the main reasons we do see such a high infant mortality rate in the United States. Um, in my book, I've got some other graphs looking at the number of vaccines uh, under six years old and, um, and so forth. And you, you can see the health of children as far as the under age, under age five, uh, health of children in the world also tracked with vaccines up to that point. Um, so it's, it's really fascinating. And, um, you know, one of the other things and one of the other areas that's been very controversial, but there's a lot of information, a lot of studies that I have in my ebook that uh, correlate with this is sudden, sudden infant death syndrome. Um, many of your listeners, I'm sure, are familiar with sudden infant death syndrome. It's an unexplained sudden death of an infant with no perceived reason in most cases. It's not understood very well. 
but many of the studies now, even from reputable journals like the journal Vaccine, which is a mainstream vaccine journal, has shown a, a correlation with this. Um, and so we're looking at ex- too much exposure too early to our children um, and it's, it's resulting, in, in my opinion, and I believe that the science supports this, in a devastating effect, not only on infant mortality, and that's death rates under the age of one, but also in uh, different types of neurological, neurodevelopmental problems uh, like autism, which, of course, is probably the most recognized or infamous uh, neurodevelopmental problem, but we have seen an increase from, you know, one in 10,000 when I was a kid approximately, when I had about, seven, I believe the dosage at that time was seven recommended doses by age 18, and now our children are given uh, 72 doses if they follow the CD schedule, CDC schedule by age 18, and 36 doses by 18 months of age. So, it's just an assault on the immune systems. It's assault, an assault on the neurological systems with our children with all of these different chemicals that are in the vaccines. Now, some children uh, get through that with no apparent repercussions, okay? Granted, there's, they, don't, they don't immediately regress to autism. They don't develop or exhibit uh, neurological problems or learning disabilities in school. Um, some children can get through that without having an issue, and I think that's the real problem is that we're not really recognizing or acknowledging that many, many children have genetic predispositions. They have genetic inabilities to eliminate or excrete some of these types of toxins and chemicals that vaccines can contain. We're not looking for these children, trying to identify which ones are at risk and then either reducing the schedule of vaccines or eliminating the schedule of vaccines for those children who are at risk. There's just a blanket denial of, of any correlation or any problem. And, and that's really, the, I think, the most tragic thing is that parents who have vaccine-injured children are left to feel like they are invisible, like they do not even exist and that, you know, the, the medical officials and so forth think they're crazy. Um, and that's just, it's so tragic, it breaks my heart. It is. It's um, heartbreaking. And uh, I just uh, recently watched Vax to the People's Truth. And there were so many stories of injuries in that film, and I was just heartbroken. It's awful. Um, yeah, so, it's, uh, it's, yep, I agree 100%, Kristen. And so, uh, Dr. Palmer, we need to go to a quick break, and I just love this interview, and uh, my special guest for today is Dr. Alan Palmer. We've been discussing vaccines and the infant mortality uh, rate, and uh, please uh, stay tuned, and we'll be back very soon. This is Kristen Harper on voiceamerica.com on the Health and Wellness Channel and also on KFNX. Your life, your health, your network. 
You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Kristen Harper is a health and wellness speaker and founder of Perfect Health Consulting Services. She inspires people all over the world to keep healthy, happy, and motivated. Get a virtual health coaching or hair mineral analysis package at perfecthealthconsultingservices.com to help you get healthy and stay healthy. Also, go to kristenharperspeaks.com to hire Kristen Harper, a health and wellness speaker, for one of your events. Be sure to visit both of Kristen's websites, perfecthealthconsultingservices.com and k-r-i-s-t-e-n harperspeaks.com. Now is the time to take your health to the next level and become the best version of yourself. Do you feel that you aren't at your best when it comes to your personal health? Even if your doctor gives you a clean bill of health and says everything is in working order, perhaps you aren't feeling at the top of your game. Dr. Rebecca Risk overcame pain and fatigue despite all tests to the contrary. Learn how she put her health back on track and how you can too on Falling Through the Cracks. Live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. to tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated with Kristen Harper. If you would like to connect with her, reach out via email to Kristen at kristenharperspeaks.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-E-N at kristenharperspeaks.com. Now, back to tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated. We are back. This is Chris and Harper, radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated on voiceamerica.com on the Health and Wellness channel and also on KFNX. And my special guest is Dr. Alan Palmer. And we've been talking about vaccines and infant mortality. Um, and so uh, before I move on to um couple of other topics here. Dr. Palmer, is there anything else that you would like to discuss about infant mortality? Yeah, a couple things I wanted to mention that I thought of. The, the source used for the infant mortality rates in the world is actually through the CIA. It's through the CIA fact book, and you can see that online. So um, it's our own government's agency showing the rates of infant mortality in all the different countries of the world. Um, and the link is in my ebook. But oftentimes infant mortality is also uh, related to poverty, uh, malnutrition, obviously. Uh, infectious disease is rampant in many countries that are impoverished where the immune systems of the children are significantly weakened because of poor water, contaminated water, uh, very, very poor nutrition. Um, and so, and co-infections and all kinds of other things. So there, there are those things. There's even war, countries where war is present, you know, like Afghanistan has a, the worst infant mortality rate in the world. So there are many other countries that um, the infant mortality rate is heavily influenced by those socioeconomic and living 
factors in living conditions. But when you look at the industrialized countries, the modern countries, the United States being at the very bottom of that is, is really shocking. Uh, I did want to mention just a little bit about that vaccine study from the journal Vaccine, where it looked at uh, sudden infant death syndrome. This looked in particular at the rates of sudden infant death and what happened to those rates after the introduction of the 6-in-1, or it's often called the hexavalent vaccines. And this study was a 2006 German study. And what they did is they tracked the sudden infant death rates before the introduction of this vaccine, and then they looked at them after. And there was a 1,300%, 13 times the increase of sudden infant death after the introduction of these hexavalent vaccines. And now these are being given to our children also. Um, and the reason they give these six-in-one vaccines is, is purely for compliance so that parents don't have to come back to the office, office as often for vaccines. But they, again, are loading so much aluminum, so much polysorbate 80, human DNA, all these other things that are in vaccines that can cause reactions with the immune system and with the, within the brain um, all at once. And so that's a major consideration for your listeners out there is uh, the, the schedule, if it could be slowed down, would be somewhat safer, but oftentimes those vaccines are, are grouped together for convenience of the parent and for compliance. They really want everybody to comply with all the vaccines, so this makes uh, the, vac- the vaccine schedule more compliant. Um, so, so that was, you know, that's another one. The European Journal of Pediatrics actually also published a study about the same time looking at the rates of uh, death rates on the first day after vaccination with these six-in-one vaccines and found that they were 31.3 times greater than the national vital statistic rates. So, I mean, we're not talking about a little blip on the radar. We're talking about a huge spike when these vaccines uh, were introduced. So um, why don't we hear about this in the mainstream media, Kristen? I'm not sure, but uh, like I said, the media does a pretty good job of cover for for pharma. Um, they don't want to lose that advertising revenue, that's for sure. Yes, and so, um, you know, it's just... Uh, we're just going down a wrong path, United States, in terms of health and uh, medical freedom and vaccine injuries. And so, Dr. Palmer, what can we do as a country uh, to fix these issues, you know, and, and um, you know, well, have a he- healthy population? Well, it is certainly a daunting challenge, Kristen, um, especially when you have social media giants uh, censoring information and sharing of information, um, succumbing to pressure from politicians like Adam Schiff, who sent a letter to Mark Zuckerberg with Facebook and the other CEOs of the social media companies telling them to censor anything that you know isn't CDC-oriented uh, on social media sites and so forth. So it's hard for us to push back against that. So it really is going to take a gr- grassroots effort People talking to people, people getting involved actively and politically in their communities and at a state level to really come out and and fight for our rights. You know, Kristen, as a physician, we're always told that we must provide informed consent wherever there is risk. And I always had my patients sign informed consent, even for 
benign things like a chiropractic adjustment or a modality that I might provide them, we were required to have them sign an informed consent telling them about all of the potential risks from those therapies, as safe as those therapies are. There is no doubt that there is a significant amount of risk with vaccines, yet there is no informed consent for parents. Um, and if doctors do mention something, it's, it's glossed over and very minimized. Uh, and so that's one of the other things we need to demand is that parents have a right to know what the potential risks are from these vaccines and, and, and how they can make a, an informed decision. Where there's risk, there has to be choice, right? I mean, if you have risk, there has to be choice. And so right now, there is significant risk, but our choice is being taken away. And that's, that's really the, 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 the tragedy in all of this. So, you know, from, from your listener's perspective, if, if you can try to um, identify groups that are vaccine advocacy groups and so forth in your state, in your community, and connect with those groups. And when they have marches or things at the legislature, go out and let your voice be heard. It's making a big difference. When you look at what's happened in New York and New Jersey and some of these places where people are really starting to push back, um, it is making a difference. And so we really need to uh, not be the silent uh, folks, we have to actually become vocal and we have to express our opinions to our state legislators and so forth as well. Absolutely, and um, I appreciate you coming on today. You're definitely a wealth of knowledge, and um, I appreciate you making a difference in this world, and I just wish we had more physicians like you. And uh, where can my listeners, um, like, what, what, do you have an email if they need to reach out to you? Or Yeah, they can connect, me, connect with me through that download page. Um, so they can okay. connect with me through the download page at 1200studies.com if they would like to. And I would be happy okay. to, to speak to anybody. Um, for your listeners, too, who maybe are concerned about the toxicity caused by vaccines, my ebook has a, uh, a really good plan for individuals to be able to detoxify from the effects of vaccines. Um, if they do choose to vaccinate their children, what can they do in order to um, at least reduce the incidence or the chance of, of a vaccine reaction or a toxic buildup from those vaccines in their child? Um, so, so that is a resource that's available through my ebook as well. I just wanted to make sure your listeners were aware of that also. Yes, and before I let you go, Dr. Palmer, I know that you're also very active and you've done speaking engagements in regards to vaccinations, correct? Yes. And, and, Dr., and Dr. Palmer is located in Arizona, like me. Yay, Arizona. <laughs> yes, this, this, hey, uh, Dr. Palmer, this is the best state ever. That's how I feel. Oh, I agree. <laughs> I love it here. I do. Well, thank you, Kristen. Okay, thank you so much. You take care. All right, you too. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. And listeners, that was uh, Dr. Alan Palmer, and um, I do have a lot of respect for him and what he's doing to get this information out to the world and uh, highly respect him. And he's always welcome back on my show, and he has done speaking engagements as well in regards to vaccines. And I know uh, this past year he... Uh, did a speech at a, a conference here in Arizona with some 
high-profile individuals, including uh, Del Big Tree. And so now, what I'd like to do is move on to my uh, next guest. And he has a new book. He's an author, and the book is titled "Bring Him Home: A Twin Flame Love Story." Author is Miguel Dean, and for the last 22 years, Miguel Dean, uh, an author, speaker, and catalyst, has been immersed in the twin paths of healing and transformation, which can be summarized as an inner journey to heal his own wounds, facilitated and complemented by his service to others and passion for spiritually rooted social change. Welcome to my show, Miguel. Hello, Kristen. Hello. Thank you very much for the invitation. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Oh, uh, definitely. I'm, I'm actually excited to have you, uh, Miguel. And uh, would you be able to let my listeners know where you are located? <laughs> Yes, yeah, I'm in. Uh, I'm in the United Kingdom. I'm here in Stratford upon Avon, right in the the middle of the United Kingdom, and it's yes, yeah, eleven thirty at night here uh, on a, a windy, blustery night. But it's uh, it's as good a time as any to be uh, having a conversation with you. Thank you. Oh, uh, you're most welcome, and I thank you for um, uh, you know being a trooper because I know it's uh, so late over there and. Um, so, uh, Miguel, I just wanted to mention, like, uh, my show is all about health and wellness, and but I do cover uh, spirituality. It's something that I, I love. And so I came across your pamphlet uh, from uh, your publisher, and it had information about you and your book. And I knew right away that I had to have you on. And so I'm just very excited to talk about your new book. Uh, so... Would you be able to let my listeners know what is a conscious relationship? And I also want to know why you wrote this book. Okay. Okay. So um, a conscious relationship for me is a relationship in which ideally both people are, are aware. It's usually a romantic uh, re relationship, but it's the sort of relationship where both realize that the purpose of their relationship is to bring completeness to themselves so that they can be two whole rounded healthy people that and the relationship then becomes the icing on the cake rather than um, rather than a more sort of codependent relationship where the idea is that two people together make up one whole so that, that I think that's that's really my definition of uh, a conscious relationship it's it's understanding that it's you know it's not just about the romance and it's not just about um the separation it's about bringing wholeness to ourselves um because relationships as probably most people know are excellent uh, at triggering us and and bringing to the surface um anything that is not really love with the, you know that resides within us so um, I hope that helps a little bit. And moving on to the second question, which is why did I write this book, Bring Him Home, A Twin Flame Love Story? It, when the idea came to me, it, it, was, it, was, it just sort of hit me and it was like, I can't not write this book. 
it, it's, it's a true story. It's my own story of how uh, a beautiful woman inspired me to make that uh, epic journey from the head back down to the heart, back to the feeling center. Um, and, you know, it was, it, it just seemed really important for me. I guess vulnerability and authenticity are, are really key principles for me. And I wanted to be able to share warts and all from a man's perspective, you know, the, the ins and outs and the challenges of uh, conscious relationship, of romantic relationship. And um, for me specifically, that that was, you know, very connected to the fact that I lost my mother as a baby and had uh, sort of repeated sort of trauma around sort of abandonment and loss and, you know, losing woman uh, who is often the embodiment of love and how that impacted on, you know, uh, uh, up until this amazing twin flame relationship, this had impacted in a... Uh, I'm a bit hesitant to say because I don't really like the polarities of positive and negative, but but it had really impacted in a negative way on all of my relationships. So I wanted to shed some light out, you know, uh, for for other uh, men and women to have a deeper understanding of what it is, um, you know, to be a man uh, that has perhaps suffered trauma and how the potential of a loving relationship can help heal that trauma and bring us back to the love that we actually are. Oh, that's uh, beautiful. And uh, I look forward to uh, reading this book. And so uh, Miguel Dean's website is miguelDean.net. And my question for you is, where can my listeners purchase this book? <laughs> okay, that's a good question. Thank you for asking it. Um, it's, it's available from most you know, good book retailers it's available on amazon in the you know the paperback or the kindle version uh, it's available from the book depository and barnes and noble uh, and and if you're feeling really um uh, really adventurous you can always order a book from my website which means that you will also get it personalized and signed okay uh, and so what are the challenges and gifts of conscious relationships <laughs> okay let's do the challenges first shall we so um get some of that out of the way yes. um the, the the challenges the challenges are that it, w once the sort of honeymoon period is over uh, in a relationship what tends to happen is as i mentioned previously everything that is not love is brought to the surface uh, brought to the surface so our partner tends to trigger us uh, you know, they bring up emotions um, uh, that are that that are dormant, previously dormant within us, from previous traumas and experiences that we in which we weren't fully able to express the trauma and release it at the time. So that really is the big challenge of conscious relationships to actually realise that that is what is going on. It's not really about what our partner is doing or saying in the moment, but it's how we are interpreting what they're doing and what meaning we're giving to it and how it invariably will tie in to some unhelpful, um, unconscious beliefs that we're still carrying from the, you know, from the experiences that we had, usually, you know, usually in our childhood. So, um, yeah, that's the big challenge. And the big gift 
really is that that if you can stay with it and you understand what's happening and you are devoted to uh, you know making the relationship work then um, you can heal yourself and experience a whole new deeper levels of love um, you, you, that you perhaps you know were not um, conceivable before but I, I also want to add just really quickly that my understanding of a successful relationship isn't necessarily based on its longevity it's on a, it's about how deep we travel and how much we heal and transform ourselves and each other it's not about living together forever so uh, yeah I think that's a pretty good summary Wow, that's um, so beautiful. I love your uh, words. And so, listeners, we need to go to a quick break. And this is Kristen Harper, radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated on voiceamerica.com, which is the largest live Internet radio network in the world, and also on KFNX. And my special guest is Miguel Dean, and his book is Bring Him Home, A Twin Flame Love Story. Please stay tuned, and we'll be back very soon. Your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Kristen Harper is a health and wellness speaker and founder of Perfect Health Consulting Services. She inspires people all over the world to keep healthy, happy, and motivated. Get a virtual health coaching or hair mineral analysis package at perfecthealthconsultingservices.com to help you get healthy and stay healthy. Also, go to KristenHarperSpeaks.com to hire Kristen Harper, a health and wellness speaker, for one of your events. Be sure to visit both of Kristen's websites, PerfectHealthConsultingServices.com and K-R-I-S-T-E-N HarperSpeaks.com. Now is the time to take your health to the next level and become the best version of yourself. Are you ready to live to 100? Join Dr. Joe Casciani and his program that shows us that age is just a number. You can age with fresh and inspiring perspectives, whether it's staying physically fit or keeping mentally fit. With great stories, plenty of advice about successful aging, and brighter outlooks, you just might join those who are living to 100. The Living to 100 Club is broadcast live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated with Kristen Harper. 
If you would like to connect with her, reach out via email to Kristen at KristenHarperSpeaks.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-E-N at KristenHarperSpeaks.com. Now, back to tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated. We are back. This is Kristen Harper, radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated on voiceamerica.com on the Health and Wellness channel and also on KFNX. And my special guest for today is Miguel uh, Dean. We've been talking about his uh, new book. And uh, uh, Miguel, what is your definition of uh, twin flame? <laughs> Okay, so Twin Flame, yeah, there's so much information out there and uh, I, I need to say at this point that, you know, everything that I share and all my teachings and all my writings and so on, they're, 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 they're from my own experience. I don't claim this to be the ultimate truth, but it, it, it's my truth. It's what I've experienced in uh, my rich tapestry of adventures in this lifetime. So for, for me, I believe that a twin flame I, I believe that you know if we choose to every relationship that we have can be a conscious relationship and that you know that in order to, to to bring us back to wholeness and away from duality and separation to a unity within ourselves the unity of our own um, masculine and feminine <clears throat> so a twin flame relationship really is it's just a sort of catalytic um, if you sort of ramp up the volume and ramp up the energy, it, it, it's a it's a more powerful fast track way of doing that healing work, and you know, and, and exploring that terrain. That's essentially what a what a twin flame relationship is to me. You know, it's fiery. Uh, my relationship was certainly very fiery. You know, it has the most incredible highs, and also I was taken to. <clears throat> excuse me i was also taken to you know some really dark places that um yeah that i hadn't experienced before in order to purge and clear this old energy that was um you know still stagnant and still um, contained within the, the the cells of my body essentially okay and so why do you think that so many people struggle with relationships I think the main reason for that is because we are not given very much value, valuable information about about the truth of relationships. Um, you know, I, I guess most of our information that 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 we absorb is during our childhood, and uh, you know, our, our own parents, if we're uh, fortunate enough to have two parents. Um, you know, becomes the, the, the role model, the template of, of how we believe that relationships should be. And even if we don't believe it consciously and we sort of can see the dysfunctional, um, you know, quality of our parents' relationship, we tend to absorb that. And so, you know, we can replay a lot of those um, behaviors and so on. Uh, sort of on autopilot, even though consciously, you know, we know that it's not the best, uh, the the best way to operate, and you know, we end up attracting some of the, the, you know, our partner ends up being very similar in certain characteristics to 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 our, the way that our parents were. For for me, um, I attracted sort of emotionally unavailable women 
because that was my experience as, as a child. I mean, you know, my mother died and my stepmother was pretty angry and um, uh, she was uh, emotionally available in that way, but not emotionally available in any love, loving, soft, nurturing way. So, you know, I think this is one of the key reasons is that, you know, we just absorb uh, the parenting, uh, the not, not the parenting, we, we, we absorb the relationship behaviors you know that, that were exhibited by our parents and then we have stuff like you know Hollywood uh, you know the movies and so on which it does you know most movies are all about the sort of chase and you know and actually you know then meeting and, and, and uh, you know two people coming together and then you know usually the movie ends pretty soon after that and you know my experience is that that's when the movie begins really it usually begins you know a few months after you've uh, you know really settled down together you know all the emotional stuff starts coming to the surface and there is no guidance you know around how to deal with this stuff and that actually it's okay and just because it's uncomfortable doesn't necessarily mean it's not working we, you know we're so often led to believe that everything's supposed to be nice and skippy sunshine rainbows all the time but and we feel shame and guilt and we, and we we hide that information because we because we don't think that anybody else is you know experiencing the same stuff and so you know i think often we end relationships when um you know because we don't think they're <clears throat> they're, they're 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 progressing in a way that uh, we've been led to believe that they should i i would just say that there's people have different answers and I'm curious how you feel about this but I feel that there's only one twin flame but uh, there's other people I've talked to and they feel that there's there can be many or several uh, so, so what is your opinion on this yeah uh, I, I'm in the opposing camp to you Kristin uh, okay. with all with with all due respect yeah I, I believe that there that there can be more than um, you know, one twin flame relationship, and you know, in in a way, anybody that triggers us and anybody that that gives us the that reveals information about ourselves that we weren't currently aware of, you know, it could be classed as a twin flame. Um, I don't believe, uh, it, it, you know, it's not been my experience because I've had. Um, you know, I don't want to sound like a, 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 a serial rela relationships, loads and loads of them, but I've had a few relationships in my time. And I would say that every one of those I have come out of wiser and, uh, you know, more healed and more aware than I was when I went in. And so for me, that is um, an element of uh, twin flame relationship. But the one that I chose to wrote the book, write the book about, bring him home, a twin flame love story, was, you know, it, it was of a ferocity and a passion and a, a wildness that I'd never experienced before. So it was a, you know, it was a real powerful twin flame experience, and we we decided to go our separate ways. So. You know, the, the jury's out in a way, Kristen. I, I, I'll let you know if we, we keep in touch and I'll, I'll see if another twin flame experience um, uh, comes my way at some point. <laughs> oh, definitely. Um, and uh, so 
Uh, you talked about a little bit about this uh, earlier, but would you be able to get like more into detail about the main differences between a conscious and an unconscious relationship? Yeah, yeah. I I think the un- an unconscious relationship really is, um, you know, where where neither parties really take full responsibility for what they're feeling and what is arising within themselves. And, you know, a classic unconscious relationship is when somebody else is, when we feel upset by what somebody else has done, we blame the other person Mm -hmm. um, rather than taking responsibility. Because, I mean, I sometimes use somebody like the Dalai Lama as an example. You know, if I did something or if, you know, a woman did something to the Dalai Lama uh, or, or behaved in a way that perhaps wasn't as kind or, or was based on her own trauma or her own um, lack of awareness, the Dalai Lama probably wouldn't be, you know, oh, well, you, you know, that's out of order and you shouldn't have been doing that. He would be compassionate and he would understand that that behavior was just coming from her own fear and that, you know, to, to, to be understanding of, uh, of another while at the same time taking responsibility of why is that upsetting me? You know, why should I be upset by somebody else um, exhibiting and, and expressing their fear and projecting it onto me? It, it doesn't mean that you have to take, you know, a load of, uh, a, a load of um, poor behavior from somebody else. But there's this understanding of if I just heal myself and I see what what it is in myself that is being triggered, then that behavior in the other doesn't become a big deal and it doesn't turn into a great big, um, you know, disharmony and, and lots of unpleasantness within the relationship. So a conscious relationship is... Yeah, really when you're taking responsibility and seeing if I don't, if, if I resolve the emotions within myself that are causing me to be upset by their behavior, then, um, you know, everything progresses a lot more sweetly and, 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 and I'm, I am healing myself. We, we, you know, in a conscious relationship, both people are responsible for working on themselves, doing their work, healing their trauma rather than blaming the other one and saying, oh, it's all your fault. If you just didn't do this or if you didn't do that or if you did this, then I would be happy because the, the, that's never how it works. If we're not happy and at peace with ourselves, it doesn't matter how somebody else behaves, we will always find a problem with it. Well, I, uh, I just um, really enjoyed this uh, conversation and definitely have a lot of uh, wisdom and uh, Miguel, we're at the end of my show. Do you have a last comment for my listeners? Uh, the last comment, I guess, uh, I would say, uh, the obvious last comment is, you know, if you'd like some more understanding about conscious relationships, then get yourselves a copy of my book. Uh, I feel it's, you know, I feel it's really important. I'm really passionate about about this book really getting out there because. As I say, I just think there is so little information, um, you know, about conscious relationships and especially from a man's perspective. This is a love story, but it's a love story from a man's perspective. And so it is powerful and healing and informative and inspiring for men and women. 
and, and I'm saying that based on the feedback and the book reviews that, that are coming in. So, you know, hang on in there with your relationships if, if you're struggling and uh, just try looking at it from, the, from this perspective, you know, that, that is uh, laid out in the book. And I have to say, I actually checked out the reviews on Amazon, and he has excellent reviews for that book. Uh, so that's, that's fantastic, and I appreciate you helping people, and I plan to get your book as well. So thank you for coming on. Thank you. You're most welcome, Kristen. And uh, yeah, but please don't forget to write your review. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, thank you so much. Thank take, you. It's been a pleasure. Okay, take care. And this is uh, Kristen Harper, radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated. And if you'd like to be a sponsor of my show, please send me an email to Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-E-N, at KristenHarperSpeaks.com. Your business will get a lot of exposure because Voice America is the largest live internet radio network in the world. And my show is also on Capinex. Also at perfecthealthconsultingservices.com. I offer hair analysis, quantum biofeedback, and I'm now offering Ness Health. And in the future, uh, we'll be offering brainwave entrainment. Also, if you can give me a five stars on iTunes, this show, um, I always, um, this show always brings the truth, but also uh, covers topics that you will not hear on mainstream health and wellness programs. The show is also on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, uh, Spotify, and more. And uh, I loved this episode today and uh Please give me your feedback and let me know what topics you would like to hear in the future. And my show is every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific time. Many blessings. Take care. being a part of the show this week tips to keep you healthy happy and motivated with your host Kristen harper can be heard live every tuesday at 6 p.m eastern time and 3 p.m pacific time on the voice america health and wellness channel Kristen can't wait to speak again next week